Hello, dear ones, and welcome to Subtle Medicine Radio, brought to you by InnerSpark. This is the resource for all things holistic healing, natural living, conscious relating, epic life-changing, and spirituality, all steeped in earth-based wisdom. We're your hosts, Devin. And I'm Mike. On today's show, episode 18, we're discussing the many ways shame may show up in the physical body. From posture challenges and chronic aches to diseases such as adrenal fatigue and family lines of cancer, We're going to discuss the energetic and emotional components of these various physical body diseases as they relate to shame. Let's dive in. I'm so excited for this topic. Yeah. So just to recap real quick, we've been discussing shame for the last several episodes and the response has been really amazing. I've heard many people are shifting the way they view shame and hadn't realized their challenges, core woundings, and limiting beliefs were all actually flavors of shame. Shame is really a mysterious, insidious, and shape-shifting emotion. It has many sources, yet when it gets a hold of you, it really latches on and influences the way you view yourself, others, and the world around you. It's deeper than guilt. So it's different than guilt and it's much, much deeper. Guilt is an awareness of wrongdoing and then like a sense of remorse. Shame is an internalization of guilt, wherein you believe there's something just inherently wrong about you. It's an internalization of the actions of others. They wouldn't have done or said whatever they did or said if you weren't you, you tell yourself. It becomes a story about you. Shame involves silence, secrecy, a fear of being seen, a fear of expressing, a fear of being found out. It's very isolating. We may be ashamed of things about ourselves or about others with whom we're close because they reflect us after all, right? And if we were better, they would be better, right? Well, no, wrong. That's that's the right answer. It's wrong. We can't control anyone, actually. We may be ashamed of our bodies and their function or lack thereof and their appearance. In a nutshell, we've constructed like a universal baseline of conduct, action, appearance, and the like for ourselves and assume everyone else knows it too and is fiercely measuring us up against it. Since it's an impossible mark, we're perpetually in conflict with ourselves and ashamed of our shortcomings and how they also influence those around us. It's a multifaceted and nuanced emotion with multiple impacts. The source of all human suffering is shame. You touched on a few points that I think are really interesting, like how shame at the surface seems to be about shrinking ourselves or diluting our own self-worth, but at the same time there's kind of an aspect of like, superhuman powers to it because you're presuming that you can read everybody's minds and know what they're thinking because they're thinking these terrible things about you and it's like well what makes you think that you are even so great that you can you know read other people's minds i forget who it was somebody said uh uh, stop being so humble, you're not that great. Mm-hmm. It's like at some point the self-debasing takes on or requires like some kind of insight or mind reading. But I did want to ask you if you could uh, explain something because as I've said before, your assertion that the source of all human suffering is shame is a very bold claim. And maybe I'm not understanding it completely. So if you're using maybe the word suffering in a way that I'm not used to, um, because personally, I, as a Buddhist, a lot of my teaching, meditation, all that, 
is based on the idea of suffering. So it has a very technical meaning to me. And it's something that I've put a lot of thought into. So if somebody uses that in a certain way, um, it gives me food for thought. So like if I stub my toe, uh, I'm going to suffer a stub toe, you know, shit happens. And that the phrase shit happens is very core to my philosophy. It's a very esoteric idea, right? No. Um, but seriously, shit happens and I'm having a hard time reconciling my belief that shit happens like a stub toe and sometimes really shitty things happen to any of us. But yeah, how can I reconcile that with the idea that all suffering is rooted in shame? Because like, I don't see how shame ties into I'm suffering because I stubbed my toe. Okay, so suffering to me and the definition also according to the dictionary, so this isn't just Devin's dictionary, is a challenge, a hardship, a painful circumstance, and to me it goes deeper than a stub toe. So yes, shit happens, and we can either internalize it and derive shame from it, or view it as happening for us. We can use these experiences as triggers to show us how we really feel about ourselves. An accident like stubbing your toe will certainly yield physical pain, and if you're one that has a propensity towards shame already, you may very well internalize this experience. I'm so fucking stupid and clumsy. This is what I get. Or maybe internalize something about the surroundings, right? Like, if I had arranged the furniture better, I wouldn't have stubbed my toe. Basically, there's a way for us to always seek blame. And obviously, in a deeper sense, and away from accidental stubbed toes, I'm referring to the physical suffering we'll endure, whether in our bodies as disease and illness, or in our work, relationships, and other physical, tangible aspects of our lives. Shame is the conscious perception of a wrongdoing, shortcoming, or a way of taking blame. Suffering is a hardship and a challenge. The key here is the internalization and making it a story about ourselves. This then creates immense stress, a new tainted lens for us to view the world through, and creates body armor and habits. And acting from this place creates a cycle of more shame and more circumstances and situations to perpetuate the shames and the beliefs we're now holding about ourselves and our lives. It's a vicious cycle with really many facets and there's so many different avenues to go down. And this is where taking it on a case by case basis and helping an individual to dive into their own unique habits and their own unique shame story is really key because it's, it's difficult to just kind of paint a whole general picture because we all come from our own lineage and our own life experiences. But I think the main key here is the internalization of the shit that's happening. Okay. And that, that does match up with a lot of the things that I believe in practice. I've, ju I've just never heard it stated in such a way. And the way my meditations and practice go about that is that we do internalize a lot of things that we don't really need to. And in order to internalize something, you have to have an ego to stick it to. You know, you have to have like the ego is this cork board that you're pinning these snippets of shame to. And my practice has been to, I guess, realize that the things I'm trying to internalize, that I'm trying to meld with my identity, don't really meld at all. And the core essence of what I am is so pure that nothing can be stuck to it like that. So the, the shame wouldn't stick. It's just the image that I'm getting is I'm blending what you're saying with how I understand these processes. Well, right. And that's why it's a practice. And it's we're always intending to get to that place where it doesn't stick to us. However, we do have human sides. 
Right. And we are carrying things in ourselves on a physiological level as well as our own life experiences. So it's not as simple to just like, oh, it's not going to stick to me. We're like the little kids. I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever right. you say yeah, yeah, bounces yeah. off me and sticks to you. And so I really want to get into how this shows up in the physical body because carrying all of this creates the body armors and the habits and the ways that we're interacting with the world and it creates immense stress on the body. So you have this physiological response and there's an energetic component and there's the ancestral component. So it's all, it's coming at us from all angles. Shame predominantly shows up as what I refer to as spiral shame. No, this is not like going down a spiral or anything like that. This is how I refer to the feminine or that which is in flux. Think of the body. It is transient and ever-changing. It's passive, shifting, impermanent, just like the moon, those lunar energies. We resist aging. We resist our bodies changing. We're ashamed of bodily functions and go to great lengths to hide the fact that we may produce odors or excrete wastes and make sounds we can't control. I think my stomach just growled. That'd be funny if it picked up on the mic. We're programmed to mistrust and dislike that which is in flux. And as humans, and women especially, our very nature is in flux. So even without the added external shame, we're carrying these subconscious beliefs about ourselves. So again, it's coming at us from all angles. And then add to it shit happening. That's another avenue for us to perpetuate these inherent beliefs that like there's something wrong with me, I'm shameful. The spiral principle, just to help us understand and kind of recap what we talked about in the previous episode, could be thought of as the feminine. And the triangle principle could be thought of as the masculine. The spiral principle is all that is transient, shifting, passive, and cyclical like the moon. And the triangle principle is all that is fixed, structured, active, and linear like the sun. And we've really been taught and programmed to celebrate structure and outward expression and productivity and action. And we view this as safe, while anything that is transient, passive, and changeable is like unsafe and something of which to be weary. I really invite you to visit episode 15, The Mother Wound, and episode 17, where I talked about feminine shame and explored the spiral and triangle concepts in greater detail. My intention is really to get us to think about these things in a deeper and broader sense where words like feminine and masculine aren't used and these connotations that we hold aren't, can't creep into the, the conversation. So specifically, shame in the body. My favorite, favorite stuff. Shame is an emotion and it is the result of a mental body story, cellular memory from life experiences, ancestral trauma from the experiences of those before you that you're carrying, energetic imprints and empathically responding to and internalizing the emotions and stories of others. So these are some of the ways that shame can show up for us. The point is, ultimately, it's an emotion. And an emotion is a physiological response in the physical body that registers as such and creates a physical impact. This impact results in dis-ease of some kind when it is an emotion that is not in alignment with your truth, your authentic felt embodied experience of your reality and when it's an outdated non-serving thing imprint that is being carried around by you. In the physical body shame can show up in a variety of ways and I'll touch on a few specific ways today to kind of paint a picture and provide examples so you can begin to understand the origin of your physical challenges and think about them more deeply than just 
shit happening to you. But I love that. It's like the theme of today's show. I love right. that shit happening. So yeah, so you can begin to view it more deeply as just shit happening to you and then internalizing it like my body hates me or, you know, I can't do anything right. And really looking at these things as initiations and invitations to understand yourself more deeply. You have way more power over your own health than you've been led to believe. And you can heal the root rather than pacifying the symptoms continually. Okay? Okay. So... Some specific ailments as shame showing up in the physical body. The first one. Are you ready? Yep. Yep. Got my note pen out. Notepad. Your note note pen. Right. Note pen. (laughs) Get your note pen. All right. Poor posture. Poor posture results when we don't feel comfortable, supported, safe, and strong in our bodies. The barrier to these feelings which are your birthright. I mean, you are here to feel comfortable, supported, safe, and strong. So the barrier to these feelings is shame. We're ashamed of our bodies. We're ashamed by our perceived lack of support, ashamed by our perceived lack of strength. And rather than seeing it as a temporary state of being and something we have control over and can turn around at any time, we fall victim to shame and then perpetuate it through the way we hold our body. Our bodies have a memory and postural patterns reflect our internal dialogue. I mean, you can see somebody who's quite confident and sure of themselves, high self-efficacy, high self-confidence, they hold themselves very differently than somebody who doesn't feel that way. Working on both levels, physical and mental, simultaneously results in rapid change. Do you have poor posture? Be aware of shallow breathing, which happens when we collapse, as well as chronic aches and pains. And I've certainly experienced this in my life, especially dealing with scoliosis and kind of feeling ashamed of that. You know, having the story in the back of my head that the the hump that's there is like super obvious and having calling myself the hunchback of Notre Dame in the back of my head. Um, as well as this this weird little feet thing I used to do when I was younger that my family used to affectionately kind of make fun of me for. And looking back, it was very much a sign of a lack of confidence and a lack of grounding and a lack of safety. So there's little body patterns, little body things that we do that are rooted in shame that we can begin to be aware of. And when we start to shift those and repattern and hold our bodies in different ways, not only does the story start to become, you know, in, in the beginning, it'll feel uncomfortable because the story is going to be like, what are you doing? Hey, this isn't safe or this isn't comfortable or this isn't you. And we can begin to paint a new picture and change these stories and change our bodies. And then ultimately, our lives. I want to point out that when we talk about the kind of posture that somebody might have if they're carrying around this burden of shame, doesn't have to be like slouched or making yourself small in that kind of like depressive sort of way. Uh, one thing that was a really big insight for me was one time talking about shame and I was thinking, well, I know I have a sensitive pride, but I'm not a, a very shameful person. And then I realized that that's just another way of rewording the same thing. And the pride is just, I mean, it might even be worse. It's like, I'm so ashamed of shame that I don't call it shame. I call it pride, Hmm. you know? So there are other ways of expressing shame besides just what we think of as the small, negative, going inward kind of way where we don't want anybody to see us. There can be the opposite approach where we get big and boisterous and I would say positive just because it's the opposite of negative but it's it's weird in this circumstance but anyway it could be like uh, like an aggressive posture if you feel like you have something to hide and you're keeping people at a distance because it shows up as pride like oh 
look, he's walking around with his chest puffed out. He's a, a proud, arrogant person when really he might have something to hide, something it, it's rooted in shame, you know? And you could have like a tense posture with your shoulders up by your ears if you feel like you have something to prove and you're pressuring yourself to pull off a miracle or something like that. So I just wanted to point out that it can show up in all sorts of ways. Thank you for that. You're reminding me of this discussion that I was having in my group in a post I made on all my social platforms a few weeks ago about authentic, shameless living. And you're touching on it perfectly because one of the things that I mentioned was we might walk around with this almost like making a mockery of ourselves and this big, boisterous, almost just obnoxious way you know it's like shameless yolo you know and it's like that's not actually shameless living that's that's quite prideful and quite full of shame because you're still giving yourself that that out of it being a joke you know or something of which to make a mockery versus standing firmly on your two feet flat not doing the Devin weird foot thing that she did when she was younger yes I'm talking about myself in the third person but standing there firmly in your truth and just being like, this is me and this is what I like and this is what I don't like and this is this is who I am. That is authentic shameless living without pride, without shame and not giving yourself that out of like, oh, I'm just kidding, JK, if, if it's not actually received. And um, yeah, go check out. The, it's a great picture of me in a green onesie holding it out like I'm the dinosaur from the original Jurassic Park movie, the little annoying dinosaurs with the puffed out gill collar things yeah. I, I have no idea what they're called yeah they I, I, I don't either about. but yeah go go check that out peeps my peeps all right second way that it can show up there's tons of ways i just picked kind of the most um i don't want to say obvious but ones that i have either experienced firsthand in my own body or ones i see a lot with my clients digestive challenges especially constipation, can be the result of shame. We carry shame in our center and in our place of power, the solar plexus chakra. Uh, Go back to episodes five through seven for all things chakras, by the way. If you're like, what the hell is she talking about? Uh, You will learn way more about chakras than you ever knew was possible in episodes five through seven. So we carry shame in this power center of ours. Feelings of early life powerlessness, result in a heightened need to control, which can mean controlling the body, attempting to control the body because we can't control the body. So attempting to control the body and its natural processes like defecation. The shame lies in feeling like it was our fault that we were powerless and internalizing the treatment we received or the circumstances we endured, as well as soaking in the collective's shame of the body and in particular, bowel movements. We just have such a hang up around poop. And I've seen this especially in women. Most of my female clients, it's like every, for every 10, there's maybe one that doesn't experience digestive challenges in the form of constipation. There's such a story around women not pooping or farting or having anything of that sort, which is utter bullshit. We're humans. Every single human excretes waste. We take stuff in and stuff goes out. And there's all these different ways that we can collect and accumulate shame right in our bellies and the large intestine is really all about control so if there was something that has happened to you especially in early life look at situations where you felt really out of control and really powerless 
and how is that showing up now and how are you attempting to kind of control everything in your life because if you were really found out they would know how shameful you are or how wrong you are and so just kind of look into these things and that's just one example there's so many other energetic components that can be influencing this as well that are different flavors of shame so if you're not quite resonating with this story of shame dig a little deeper into your own shame story communicate with your bowels communicate with your intestines um go to the embodiment episode for some tools and tips on that another way that shame can show up in the physical body sexual dissatisfaction and this can show up in so many ways it's kind of a broad umbrella statement so from an inability to perform an inability to climax low libido a general dislike of sex and more this particular topic is very loaded and multifaceted and could be a whole series of shows right here. Um, so I think I will revisit this coming up soon. For now though, I'd like to presence that shame of the body and a deep cultural programming of how sex is shameful have resulted in a perverted society devoid of a healthy, innate, innocent sexual appreciation and appetite, like period. Shame of enjoying ourselves, shame of how we'll be perceived by our partners, shame of how our bodies look, shame of looking or sounding weird, shame of being too experienced, shame of being inexperienced, shame of taking too long, shame of not taking long enough. For many, sex really elicits so much shameful anxiety that it's no wonder so many of us are experiencing like a loss of libido or an inability to climax and, and more. I think part of the reason why that's such a heavy source of shame is because it includes the biggest dose of that key ingredient of shame that we talked about earlier when, like I had mentioned, that the ego is like this bulletin board that we post all these little snippets of shame and other stories to. And it's like if you look at that collage of a bulletin board and see what's all there, it's, it's like that forms your idea of a person. And... Sorry if I'm getting, like, off topic, but the point is that with shame, it has to be internalized. So you have to have a focus, a direction for that internal uh, internalization. Anyway, yeah, shit happens, and that's just life. But when you internalize it and make it about yourself, that's when it becomes shame, and that's when you become attached to it. And uh, I think that with something like sex, it's hard to think of anything more personally involving you know, especially in a committed relationship where you really feel like maybe a pressure to show up for this person as opposed to like a one night stand where it's just something, you know, you're never going to see this person again. But it gets the more personal it gets, the easier it is to feel that kind of pressure and to take any little mistake or perceived imperfection and make a personal attachment to it. So I... I can clearly see how any issues revolving around sex would get fast-tracked into the shame and guilt category. Yeah, that's a, absolutely another way that that can show up and how we carry our imprints into our committed partnerships, which are meant to be places of, of safety and mirroring and really like a sacred cauldron of evolution and becoming so that we can experience more of ourselves. And when we're carrying these old imprints with us, um, it can create this, this kind of feedback loop within the partnership as well, where we're kind of giving and taking our shame back and forth. Um, oh, I love, like, I always come up with all these new ideas for episodes, like, while we're in an episode. Right, yeah. 
Okay, another way that it can show up in the body is disordered eating and a poor relationship with food. And here we go with yet another very loaded and multifaceted symptom. So relationships with food are very intimately tied in with relationships with our earth mother or mother figures. Our desire to be nourished and have our needs met can feel shameful. We either internalize the shortcomings of our caretakers as a reflection on us. If we were better, we would have been loved the way we needed. Or we simply feel ashamed for having the need to be loved and nurtured. In any case, turning to food is a reliable, safe fix. The food won't judge and won't shame us. It'll always be there for us. Restrictive eating comes from that early life experience with powerlessness that I mentioned with constipation. It's a form of control. Binge eating is a way of punishing ourselves and taking out deeply held frustrations, anger, and depression, and desperation. We can also feel ashamed to eat in front of others because we don't want them to see us enjoy our nourishment or to feel judged. We place a sense of morality on ourselves based on what we eat, I was so good today, I ate my vegetables. Or, I was bad today, I ate cake. Or things like my guilty pleasure. Nourishment is a basic necessity and not something to be ashamed of, yet there's that tricky emotion of shame popping up again. And lastly, for today anyway, there are so many other ways that shame shows up in the physical body. Um, lastly for today, endocrine disorders like adrenal fatigue, hypothyroidism, and reproductive challenges. So again, I invite you to visit the Disease Process episode and the Chakra Series episodes to go into these particular symptoms in greater detail. Yes, these are symptoms in my book. Sure, they're diagnoses, yet the body doesn't just decide to malfunction. These are symptoms of underlying subtle imprints. The subtle is always creating the gross, and the subtle goes askew when it's coded in different nuances of the shame story. Period. End of story. Drop the mic, walk away. In adrenal insufficiency, or adrenal fatigue as it's commonly referred to, there's such deep, deep imprints of shame that drive perfectionism, anxiety, fear, feeling like one's survival is threatened, isolation, and loneliness. A sense of defeat and that we have made our bed, this is how it has to be. Shame is preventing the adrenal fatigue sufferer from receiving new options and possibilities, receiving support, admitting they need help, facing their unique particular experiences that have resulted in living this way. So they're just kind of perpetually on overdrive. Hypothyroidism is linked to shame around expressing and sharing oneself, continually swallowing one's truth, holding oneself back from being seen in the world and sharing one's gifts. Hypothyroidism energetically and physically is directly linked to anything involving the adrenals and everything the adrenals stand for metaphorically and energetically like I just discussed. And oftentimes, contrary to Western medicine's testing practices, hypothyroidism is a secondary ailment due to taxed adrenals. So that kind of being on overdrive is at the root of hypothyroidism as well. And that, that shame story of being on overdrive, being anxious, being in survival mode, feeling scarcity, feeling lack, perfectionism, that's all rooted in shame story and for chakra territory as well that makes us have this perceived feeling that it's not safe or acceptable or okay and quite shameful to express one's truth. See, it's all, all connected. Reproductive hormones and functions also tie in to this little triad energetically and physiologically as well. This can be linked to shame around the body, shame around being a woman, 
shame around one's own childhood and therefore not wanting to subconsciously not wanting to bring children in the world which might influence and disturb a woman's cycle and more and the same goes for this there's most always an adrenal component when anything regarding the reproduction is challenged and, and you'll also most likely see some some thyroid challenges as well and i love the endocrine system and all of this how it ties in so well with the energetic imprints and stories that we carry with us from this lifetime ancestrally it's really a perfect example for anything that's that's tied into the shame story and if this interests you more do go check out those chakra episodes if you've missed them so this was really just a sampling of the way shame can man manifest in the physical body and i leave you with these questions are you experiencing challenges in your physical body? What do you believe is the root? Not what you've been told, not the diagnosis you've been given or not given, because a lot of these mystery symptoms and ailments that don't have diagnoses or tests because they're linked to something different and deeper. Like what what do you really believe is the root? What is your intuition calling, calling and telling you? And how does it relate to a deeply held shame story? I invite you to reach out and tell me about it or ask me about it in my Facebook group, Transmuting to nourish, awaken, and thrive. The link is also on my homepage at innerspark.life. And that is all the time we have for today. Did you have anything else to add? Thank you for going into and answering the questions about uh, suffering. I know it might seem like a small thing and kind of off topic, but for somebody who has put a lot of thought into the subject, uh, it's important to me and it might be important to some listeners, but I appreciate your patience and explanation. Well, I appreciate your questions. Mike gets to act as the translator and, and keeps me grounded whenever I'm going off on tangent. So thank you. Right. Well, I mean, you know, when you get up into orbit, you have a different <laughs> perspective than the rest of us here on the ground. So he grounds me. He's the earth to my ether. All right, so definitely now all the time we have for today. If you're seeking guidance on your path and are ready to finally make the changes you desire, finally ready to transmute old pain and shame into purpose, finally ready to feel radiant and healthy in your body and life, reach out to me and take advantage of one of the free mini sessions I offer each week. Visit innerspark.life to learn more and to schedule your discovery session today. I cannot wait to speak with you. If you loved the show, be sure to subscribe to it. Please leave us a review and share the love with a friend. We'd love to hear your thoughts or questions, so deepen the conversation with us on social media at innersparklife on Instagram and Facebook. Catch us next time when we'll discuss addiction as resistance to receiving. So much love to you until then.